Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Well, good morning, everyone. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord God, we just want to praise you. Praise you, Lord, that you are the Lord of reconciliation. God, that you are honoured in this place this morning. All glory, honour and power in your name. Amen. So, Jared said on Monday, hey, Linda, would really like to be able to do what he has done. And I had to actually respond with a bit of a laugh because I think God has an amazing sense of humour because, well, first of all, the title of what I wanted to talk about, which I hadn't really discussed that much with Jared, was about, first of all, unexpected. (laughs) Um, Second of all, was about feeling unworthy. Now, yeah. The story that I want to share with you about feeling unworthy, oh dear, I should have brought the tissue box up here. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Is about 2014. In 2014, I was asked to step into a new role in this congregation. in in children's ministry. I felt I wasn't all that equipped. So being Linda, I'm like, okay, where is some training I can do? What can I do? And I looked around and I found a training day that was happening in Melbourne. And it happened to be a weekend when my children were at their dad's because I'm a single parent. And so it was like, okay, awesome, no kids. I can easily be in Melbourne. It's around the corner from my parents' place. So accommodation sorted. And so I rocked up at this training day and the blurb said, uh, you know, great for Sunday morning children's ministry. Tick. It even mentioned mainly music. And I'm like, tick, this is awesome. So I rocked up at this training day for children's ministry. And then I had a sense of deja vu because when I was getting out of the car in my... How old was I then? Oh, no need to say. Uh, As I was getting out of the car by myself, you know, in in a single, getting out of the car, there are all these, like, young people piling out of, like, every single seat of the car, like, other cars that were rocking up. And I was, like, I had a flashback back to when I was, like, 17, 16 and 20, like, back to when I used to do Beach Mission, SUFM. I did it for like seven years at Port Arlington when I was a young adult. And every year we had to go to this compulsory training day, right? And we'd all, of course, most of us couldn't drive, so we'd all, you know, share in with those that could and go to this compulsory training day. And it was called Talk. And so we had to go to this day. Anyway, so, so it was that day, okay? So I turned up at this day And I went along to the session and I'm looking around and there's so many young people. 
feeling very old. I was feeling very old. But that's okay. I actually really enjoyed the main speaker. Her name was Mavis, and she, um, she was a, a, an older woman and very inspiring. And I was like, yeah, she's going well. Then I got to the first workshop, and then it started. Because the first person said to me, oh, what mission are you going on? And I said, I'm not going on a mission. I'm here for children's ministry training. And then the next person said to me, what mission are you going on? And I said, I'm not going on a mission. I'm here for children's ministry, you know, in my church setting. By the end of the day, I had been asked, it would have been 50 times, like every single person I met asked me, and I was sick of it. I was sick of it. And so me, being me, went up to the coordinator, Mavis, right, at the end of the day, once she'd done all her speaking. I wouldn't do this this day, but I did back then. Uh, um, she just got off the platform after her last talk for the day, and I went up to her and I'm saying, excuse me, can I just have a word? <laughs> and I said to her, your blurb said that this day was for children's ministry, Sunday setting, and mainly music, um, and all I've been asked all day is what mission I'm going on. And I'm not here to go to a mission. I'm here for Sunday morning children's ministry training. And she said, oh, so have you found it helpful today? And I'm like, yes, but, but I'm just sick of being told about what mission I'm going on. She said, well, what mission could you go on? Have you thought about it? I'm like, no, that's not what I'm here for. She's like, well, why not? And I said, well... I'm a single parent with young children. I live in regional Victoria. I did that when I was a young adult and I'm just not in the position to do that kind of thing now. And she looked at me. She said, don't you ever use that as an excuse to to God or to yourself that you can't do something because you're a single parent. And then the kicker, (laughs) she said, I'm a single parent too, and I'm in charge of the whole thing. (laughs) That that hurt. (laughs) She said, where did you say you were from? I hadn't actually told her, just the regional. I'm from Horsham. She said, Horsham, Western Victoria? I said, yes, yes. She said, Western Victoria. We're looking for a family with young children for Port Ferry. These are the dates. We want someone with a diverse background. I'm like, hmm, diverse, okay. Does that count for a single parent? Diverse background. Go home, pray about it, see. Just see. Is this going to be right for you? Is this where God wants your family? So I did that. I went home and I prayed about it. And, well, as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a few years in, this particular photo, but uh, this year will be our sixth time in a row that we'll be heading off to Beach Mission. Beach Mission, or SUFM, has been, for our family, instrumental in the faith formation growth for our for my children and for me. I really haven't done too much, to be honest. I turn up and I drink coffee and I talk to parents. That's kind of my role, (laughs) you know, like I support the team when needed. My children are 
just we're just included as part of a family of the, of the the team. It's uh, an opportunity for us of uh, prayer time with others, of teaching time, of staying in a tent for 10 days, of having to ride or walk to have a shower every day so my fitness goes up, <laughs> which is a bonus. Um, but it, we have to pay ourselves to get there. There's, there's a lot of... It's, it's not easy. It's a sacrifice to go. But it is also a sacrifice that is well, well worth it. It has been a place of immense faith growth for my children particularly, but also for me. And I just praise God for that unexpected opportunity that God placed me in and for Mavis Payne, who turns out was a friend of my sister's and goes to the same church, but I didn't even know that. Um, but... That, that, that God put Mavis there to challenge me on, on the things that I had limited God in. God has been able to whisper his name through the story of my family. Not only at mission, but then coming back from mission the things that he has been teaching us in here, he's been able to help in here. So one other unexpected aspects are there in the story that we're going to look at today, which is the Christmas story. And we're going to start by having a look at an unexpected place and starting by looking in Micah in the Old Testament so in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, the place is Bethlehem. And in Micah it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. An insignificant town. I was looking up some stats on good old Google about what kind of size was Bethlehem way back then. And just for a comparison, because it helped my brain, Jerusalem, which was the place where the leaders ruled at the time, was kind of like a Ballarat kind of size. And Bethlehem was sort of a Beaufort, just to give you a... <laughs> that helped me anyway. <laughs> a sort of Bethlehem Beaufort kind of analogy. Unexpected. Beaufort. <laughs> no offence if any of you are from Beaufort. But you'd expect more a Ballarat than a Beaufort, wouldn't you? But God had it all planned. He, he had the Roman Empire organised to have the census take place. And, of course, they had it all making happening because, of course, the taxation happened. So, of course, they did it all because they had to have the people in the right place to get the money so the Roman Empire, of course, did it all. And then, it, then we had Joseph, which always amazes me, that it was Joseph's lineage that was the reason that they needed to go to Bethlehem because it was Joseph that had the lineage back to David. And so back they went to Bethlehem, 145 kilometres, mind you, from Nazareth, it was their hometown, four to seven days with the heavily pregnant Mary, Back they go 
or over they go to Bethlehem. So Bethlehem, unexpected. Not by God, he had it planned, but Bethlehem. And Mary, that's a bit unexpected too. Maybe Mary herself is not that unexpected. After all, she was a very faithful woman of God. But let's just have a quick look into the dip into the Old Testament and have a look at a prophecy which you, I'm sure you've heard before. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So we'll flip now to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And what happened? This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Okay. So let's just put ourselves into the shoes of the neighbour or the neighbour down the neighbour down the neighbour of the of Mary. Unexpected that all of a sudden Mary's pregnant, not yet married, but betrothed to Joseph. They'd start the rumour mill within the town of Nazareth as to exactly what has happened. Rumours, rumours, rumours. We're pretty good at rumours. Good. (laughs) Unfortunately. And Mary would have known all of that, of course, when she found out that she was pregnant. And how often we judge without knowing the full story. I want to have a little closer look at Mary's response when she did find out she was pregnant. So let's, let's go over into Luke, which gives us a little more insight. Luke chapter 1. We just have to start by mentioning that Elizabeth was Mary's cousin and she also was pregnant and it just mentions her in this story. So just start by mentioning that. So Luke 1 verse 26, we're going to kick off there. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Okay, so there's a a warning there. If you ever have an angel come to you and say that, just know that there's trouble ahead. Anyway, um, Mary was greatly troubled. Ah, there we go. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She's a wise woman. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Good question, Mary. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, uh, to, to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Okay, and what does Mary say in response? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Every story whispers his name. There were many other unexpected people in the ancestry of Jesus not all quite so incredibly amazing as Mary, some of them quite so very scandalous actually and we're just going to touch on them and you can go and have a good old look at them if you wish. But let's just have a look in Matthew 1. So we're going to flick back to Matthew 1. Just so you know, all sorts of unexpected ones in there. So if we just quickly, and this is not all of it up there, so don't stress if you can't follow it all through, but chapter, chapter 1, verse 3 of Matthew, we mention in there Judah. Now Judah sleeps with the woman who's engaged to his son. Okay, scandal there. Right, let's move on to the next one. In verse 3, we have Ruth who's not even an Israelite, so not even from the chosen race, and she is in the ancestry of Jesus. In verse 6, we have David, yes, King David, who is not only the murderer, but also slept with Bathsheba, and then God actually chose Bathsheba as the one for the lineage of Jesus. Unexpected? Unworthy? I'd say so. I'd say so. But then, so what happens with Mary? It's not really that unexpected, is it? Really? I think Matthew is kind of preparing us for what happens for Mary it's just same old, same old, really, because newsflash, that's kind of just what God does. He is very used to working with us ordinary sinners. He loves us regardless. Regardless. 
But we can feel unworthy and we can feel that things are unexpected too, can't we? And we can feel that things get really messy, really messy. But if we do blow it and we have made a big mistake, I think Christmas is a wonderful opportunity to remind us that God is saying, all right, okay, and I love you, I forgive you, you're my child, let's work it out and let's move on. I was talking to somebody the other day about Horsham. Let me say, I never meant to live in Horsham. I don't know how many of you are not from Horsham and you've kind of just, you're here. You're here. Some of you have been here a very long time. Some of you may have thought that you were going to leave Horsham and you never have. You're still here. But we're all here for whatever reason. We are here or we're from around here. This area, uh, unless we're visiting, is home. This area of the Wimmera is home. Sometimes we can feel a little bit uneasy about home. We can feel a little bit yeah, it can feel a bit uncomfortable. I was having a look at some stats about Horsham, and this can be a little confronting. It's from the Horsham City, City Council Municipal Health and Wellbeing Plan that was put together for 2017 to 21. And it shows us that the family violence incidents of Horsham are more than double the Victorian average that we have the third highest in the state for teenage births, the second highest rate of drug and alcohol clients in the state. 21% of us report having high depression and anxiety. That can feel a little bit overwhelming that could be our identity. It could be. It could be. But just like when God looks at us, it's not what God looks at when he looks at Horsham. It's not what he sees. Even the story of Horsham he is whispering his name through Horsham. Do you know, it's interesting because when people have walked into this facility here, there's some surprise about the fact that there's a brand new facility being built of this size 
and with such vision of community connection in Horsham. And I have to say, well, why is there so much surprise? Why? Why so much surprise? And yet there is. You know, in the same report from Horsham City Council, they also did a survey and they found some interesting statistics as well or some feedback that they received from the survey. They found that residents have a greater sense of general well-being and satisfaction than the average in Victoria. They found that people are more likely to be involved in the community in volunteering and engagement. They found a reported higher level of trust and willingness to help each other than the Victorian average. Interesting. Interesting that it doesn't quite add up to the stats that we just looked at. Hope lives here. Horsham is a place of hope, transformation. It's not just this church community. It's the church of God at work in the Wimmera. And God is just getting started. He's just getting started. But what about us? What about us? Talked to before about the unexpected or the unworthy. It may be that you feel unworthy not because of something that you have personally done. It may be, like Jesus' family tree, that you've got something in the closet of your family tree that is affecting your family, that is being passing down the generations that cannot, you feel, cannot be broken. Well, Jesus is there to heal, to, to, to cut and negate those ties. They do not need to be passed down. Healing is available of those family tree ties. You do not need to live in the shadow of your ancestors' sins. Are you struggling with something about the identity of where you live? In Horsham, in the Wimmera? Are you struggling with that at the moment? Is that something about, um, something in you that is, is something that you need to deal with? Do you feel you're unable to step forward into the next thing because you're not sure where you're meant to be or... Uh, is, is, that what's, is that the thing that's, that you're having a struggle with? Are, are you feeling a bit, um, are, are you, don't know, like maybe the, the, the unexpected about like Bethlehem, like they, was it meant to be Bethlehem? Is it meant to be Horsham? Is that the issue? Is that the problem that you're feeling and struggling with? 
Have you been hurt? Is reconciliation the thing that is needed for you, but you're too afraid to address it? Are you too afraid to, to actually go and talk to that person about that thing? Yeah, I know it's hard. <laughs> I say that from experience. <laughs> but it's worth it. And I say that from experience too. It is worth it. It is worth it. Maybe you think you don't know enough about God yet, that you want to know more about all the theological stuff before you can step more into what God's calling you into. And yet, it's important to know the theological stuff, but it's also important to seek God's heart. And you can do that at the same time. Same time. Do you feel that you're too sick, too old, too young, too shy? But every story whispers his name. Every story whispers his name. And it's so easy to say no. We could all have reasons. If I'd said no when Mavis challenged me, if I'd, if I'd just gone, no, it is too hard, I can't work out the dates, no, I've done that, the opportunity where I would have missed out on for my own formation, for my children's faith walk, And dare I say it, even for the opportunity for them to speak into your lives in their faith walk and for my faith walk into your faith walk. An opportunity just lost. So what opportunities are there for you? What is God calling for you, for your what is he whispering to you and inviting you into? And we're all different. We're all different. But we're all part of his body. And we all have a role to play. And I don't want you to miss out. I just don't want you to miss out. We can't wait until we get to heaven before we start this amazing party because the party's already on. <laughs> the party's already on. Don't miss out on the party. It's already started. And we don't want to miss out on being able to transform the Wimmera, transform Horsham, because that is starting. But God needs us. He needs us to be the hands and the feet and the heart. He needs our prayer. And if you think you're one of those two something or others, there is always something that somebody can do. We need prayer warriors. That's probably one of the, the highest list of things we need. Prayer warriors. But praise God that he doesn't look down on us because of all the things that we say that we're, we feel unworthy about. And for me, the, one of the biggest things that I need to deal with is feeling unworthy about being single, being a single parent, and so that's why it was so hard for me to deal with the comment that was made. And I still need to deal with that. I still need to come back to God and say, God, 
I am a child of God and that is my identity. That is my identity. But God doesn't look down on us. He doesn't look down on us. And he doesn't look down on our town and our area. He loves us. And it is God is the one who counts, not the people around us. So if I can ask the team to come up on the platform. So we don't want to lose the opportunity of this opportunity of reconciliation, of this opportunity of saying, Jesus, yes, I do want to step into following you. Of saying, yes, I do want to be a part of of celebrating, of being able to step forward into all that you're offering. Your opportunity is always there.